Cody Rhodes and Rhea Ripley are going to Hollywood. Welcome everybody to the first Bunker Mania wrestling podcast of 2023. The first live podcast, I should say. I am the Giraffe Me Jeremy Graves. Thank you very much for checking out the show today. We are hot on the heels of the 2023 Royal Rumble event, and that is exactly what we're going to be focusing our primary discussion on today. And to help me do that, of course, I've got my partner in crime, my tag team partner. I mean, given where the bloodline are at, I I don't know if he might be the Jimmy or Jay if I'm the other Uso at the moment, because things seem a little bit rocky there. But either way, he is my good friend, the Decadane, Mr. Ian Bolton. Good, sir. How are you doing this fine evening? I am doing very, very well. Just doing the last little bits and pieces of getting getting all those notifications out to tell people that we are currently live on the Bunker Mania YouTube channel. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, yeah, I thought I was solo Sokoa last time. I thought I thought I thought I was solo. I thought I was solo. Why why are you changing the game, Jeremy? I mean, like all good actors, you can be adaptable to any kind of role. This is true. This is true. I mean, we're on the way to Hollywood, aren't we? There you go. You see, it's all about the movies, isn't it? The movies, as it were. <laughs> movies. Get the Vin Diesel. <laughs> this is where we needed the Vin Diesel clip of him just going, the movies. And then I- and then basically uh, Dwayne and John not really returning his calls, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, when you said Dwayne and John, I thought that's not his surname. And I realized where you were going with that. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, well. Well, we clearly, there's still, I think there might be still a bit of beef between Dwayne and, and Vin, and then John Cena's technically his on-screen brother, so it's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Folks, I will add before we go any further, thank you very much for tuning in live today for our first live episode of 2023. As mentioned, we're going to be focusing discussion primarily on the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Oh, PLE, sorry, got to get that right. But if Oh, you yes. Want- but if you want to leave some comments below, we may get to them during the show. So make sure you let us know what you thought of the show, be it now or as we go along. Or if we have any fun anecdotes that you think are completely stupid, let us know. But you know what else you can do? We've been doing lots of videos over the past month or so. So make sure if you're not already that you subscribe to the Bunker Mania YouTube channel where you are watching this video now. We've been doing some fun sort of shorter form content, which by basically by the look of it, you folks are really enjoying. We've done one about predicting the Rumble, predicting 20. 23 in general i did a video about remembering jay briscoe be sure to go and check those out if you haven't already and this kind of is a nice segue now into our our, our audio listeners who no doubt will be hearing this in some capacity down the line we are still doing audio podcasts you can find bunker mania on the likes of apple google spotify and such there will be sort of i will call them for the sake of of a quick form of putting it sort of best ofs as it were, of all the videos we're doing. We're going to be putting, putting some little best best of compilations, if I can get my teeth in my mouth. We're going to be making those available in audio form for you down the line. So make sure you keep an eye out for those. But good sir, I know before we go any further, you, were, you want to sort of touch on a few things, because there's been a little bit of, a, of an update and a refresh of Bunker Mania and other such things going about. So I shall turn the floor to you for a few moments so you can divulge some great information before we get to the Royal Rumble discussion proper. Yeah, um, if you if you're very familiar with uh, Bunker Mania over the last uh, couple of months, or especially the last year and a bit, you will have noticed that originally we would say welcome to Bunkerzilla UK and Bunker Mania. Um, so we've had a little bit of a rebrand here, and basically uh, the decision was made by myself to transform Bunkerzilla into Bunker Mania because the channel and it, most of the content had been in a state of flux since summer 2021 um and it's mostly because we were trying to myself i was trying to redefine the direction which i wanted to take the channel in um and may, maybe I'll, I'll touch more on that on a, on a separate video down the line but 
the reason I kind of chose to rebrand everything to Bunker Mania is because Bunker Mania, the wrestling podcast that we are currently live on YouTube with, um, basically that is that is the active, most active content moment. It's the one that keeps going at the moment. So it's basically we're encompassing still our our fan, our passion, our fandom about uh, professional wrestling, but we're also going to still tailor to pop and geek culture as well. So basically, uh, the way I look at it is it's a it's a fresh start. It's a new beginning. I've hit the reset button and yeah, we'll still have wrestling content. This show's not changing. We've got some brand new branding, but other than that, it's still the same. I'm here. Jeremy's here. We're going to be talking all things AEW, WWE and the wonderful world of professional wrestling. But in future, there will be some newer content coming in, more tailored to geek and pop culture. So some stuff about movies, some stuff about gaming, so forth. But it will take some time. So it's not straight away instant, but over the next couple of months, You'll see a little bit more content, a little bit more variety on the channel. And um, yeah, that's why we are now officially known as Bunker Mania Wrestling. So you know that when you see Bunker Mania Wrestling, you know what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the grants. So yeah, so yeah, that's that's, that's generally it in a nutshell. Um, we are still going to do some different... We're going to also try and do some different stuff for Bunker Mania Wrestling as well. I do have an audio podcast idea coming up very, very soon. And it's going to be tied into the theme of... WrestleMania this year goes Hollywood because I've kind of started delving into my DVD and movie collection of a lot of WWE studio movies. So keep keep your eyes and ears peeled. You'll find out more in due course. But yeah, that's that's generally it. So yeah, it's it's Bunkmania Wrestling, new start, new beginning. But for us, it's business as usual. <laughs> and you know what else is business as usual? It is the Royal Rumble, the annual tradition that is just a big spectacular of a show every single year. Definitely a hot ticket anytime you are going to it or wanting to watch it because it is the official start of the road to WrestleMania. Now, Ian, like most good roads, occasionally there are traffic jams or there are potholes. So the first thing I'm going to ask you is, how much of, of a good start to the journey do you feel that this Royal Rumble has given us on the road to WrestleMania? Well, if I just got in my trusty Vauxhall mocker and have started the long, arduous journey over... Oh, cars. <laughs> it's my car, Jeremy! It's my car! I wasn't expecting you to say that, sorry. <laughs> I'm just sat here in the Vauxhall mocker or the Deckermobile or the Daymobile. Pick it, pick Deckermobile. <laughs> <laughs> It, it has a horn and goes, I'm talking about bollocks now. Um, but yes, if I if I was going to get into a car and I'm on my way over to WrestleMania, I think I'm having a pretty smooth ride at the moment. It's like I'm seeing things that I would expect to see on this road. And all things considered, I think this was a really good start to WWE's 2023 in terms of premium live events. Solid event. Good Rumble matches, terrific main event and ending angle. There are a few slight bumps, but nothing too nothing too problematic that kind of derails the entire enjoyment of it. But um, no, I, I generally enjoyed Royal Rumble. What were your thoughts, Jeremy? A very strong show, by no means perfect. Like you said, there are a couple of those annoying speed humps that really make you slow down. There oh, were a no. couple of those during <laughs> the show, and um, but which we'll get onto accordingly. But overall a very strong show and also i've got to say i do just love seeing stadium shows with wwe there's just something about it just the overall feel of it and the presentation it just mm. makes it feel extra special and i think that really applied to this yeah so the the event opened up 
Well, okay, we should actually back up first because on the kickoff show, which I was led to believe was not canon in WWE now, <laughs> but actually something vitally important happened on that, which I didn't know until during the main event. <laughs> ultimately and that was that apparently there was a backstage segment involving roman reigns and Sami Zayn, where roman basically said you are doing nothing else tonight but coming with me to the ring for my match i basically telling everyone he ain't in the rumble just get over mm. it people online get over it but then that led into the opening match of the show which was the men's royal rumble match now, good sir, how do you want to discuss this? Do you want to sort of lead the discussion points as it were, and I'll sort of chime in with various notes I've got? How did you want to tackle this today? I think I think in general, let's do like a general discussion of the match itself with the highlights. I mean, we can definitely go, we'll definitely go straight to the end and obviously um, pretty much signposted. But you know what? It's still a pretty nice signpost to look at. Cody Rhodes returned at number 30 he vanquished the field and he is going to wrestlemania to face roman reigns for the undisputed wwe universal title um but no this i th i think this has been probably the most enjoyable men's rumble match i think since 2018 when nakamura won for me because it's like it's like yeah you you kind of could pick out who's going to throw out who at what points but it was entertaining it was fun and if we cast our minds back 12 months to last year's Royal Rumble, this is like this is like this is like a best picture nomination at the Oscars already for the Royal Rumble, <laughs> especially in the mains, because it was just it was just entertaining and fun. I mean, for me, highlights, uh, Gunter had an absolute storm. He he set the record for the longest domestic uh, run in a Royal Rumble. I think Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson, if you're in AEW, uh, still holds the record for the greatest Royal Rumble, which isn't necessarily uh, mentioned a lot in WWE marketing <laughs> stuff. That was the one in Saudi, correct? That was the one with 50. 50 people, and Braun Strowman won. So that that uh, was the non the non canon WWE Royal Rumble, if you will. <laughs> yes, it, it was. It was. It was the glorified house show one. And, and 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 we and we never speak of it again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will add as well. We also got to see Gunther like chopping the Miz relentlessly, like two minutes <sighs> in, because Miz was number three. There was part of me that just thought, "This is for the internet," <laughs> and I had no issue with it whatsoever. <laughs> yes, but no, there was like lots of good fun. Even Brock, who was in it for about three, three, four minutes before he got eliminated by Bobby Lashley, because. The Bobby and Brock feuds carrying on. I mean, it's signposted, but it's still a good thing. It's like Bobby got the upper hand this time. He threw Brock out. Brock got a bit angry, took it out on Baron Corbin. But that was that was that was just after we had the tease. We had the ultra tease, Jeremy. We had the ultra tease of Brock versus Gunter. It's like, yes, please, but no, no. WWE said not today. Not today. I mean, it was more than a tease. Like, if you look hard enough, there was physical interaction during someone's entrance when, that interrupted yeah. their tease. So some, something happened in that ring that we didn't get to see, and it upsets me. No. But, uh, I, I will actually add, while it's in my brain, because I had it and then we deviated, but you mm. mentioned probably the best Rumble since the Nakamura win. I would mm. argue either that one or the, the one where Brock ran wild and then drew one. Oh, 2020. Yeah, because that one in particular, I loved so much because it was so vastly different. Yes, I completely forgot about 2020. Sorry, it's just like... I mean, I know there's many reasons to forget about 2020 in general, but... You know. uh, yeah, obviously. Um, I mean, the 2020 Rumble, I mean, I think the through line of Brock being there for half the Rumble was great, and then Drew winning it was great. I think 
the in-betweens. I think it's like Edge had a great return, but if you rewatch the clip on network or on YouTube videos, it's kind of badly edited <laughs> on, the, on the fly, which is a bit awkward. Um, but no, I, it's like, I, I remember, I, I vividly remember enjoying 2018 a lot more than the 2021, simply because it was kind of like we were still in that phase of everyone doesn't like Roman Reigns and we don't want to see Roman main event WrestleMania. He still did. But <laughs> at, that, at that point, it was generally, as Bray Wyatt would say, anyone but you, Roman. And when Nakamura wins, you go, oh, hell, we're going to really go all in on Nakamura. And the same one, Oscar won as well on 2018 one. Um, you think, oh, we're going all in on the NXT exports. And it didn't happen. That's another conversation. Yeah, but uh, but the actual stuff involving Brock Lesnar, I really liked how short it was in the sense mm. of Brock's, when Brock's music hit, there was just that reaction of everyone going, oh, here we go. Mm. And he was barely in a couple of minutes because Bobby Lashley eliminated him. But the reaction that Lashley got when he eliminated Brock, <laughs> it's like, whoa, amazing. People like Bobby. People like Bobby, people like Brock. And basically it's like, it's, it's one of those things. I think if, whatever the stipulation, if it's one-on-one, if it becomes like a crazy no DQ or something like that at Mania, which is probably very likely at this rate, let, give him give 10 minutes to do power move after power move and finish it. It's the spam finish match. That's all it needs to be. Spear, F5, German suplex, hurt, hurt lock, spear, all that sort of stuff. And eventually one of them will win the battle of the big, big intimidating men. <laughs> and of course, there was, this actually led to some, I'll call it chicanery on the outside, because despite Brock having what I will call a smile after he mm. got eliminated at probably what just happened, he did, did then go a tad bit berserk. He ripped off the top of the commentator's table and threw it in the ring, which somehow landed at the feet of Bobby Lashley. Just perfectly. It was wonderful. And then he just, at this point, Baron Corbin was coming out and he was he was what I'm going to describe as the sacrificial lamb. Pretty because much. Brock Lesnar saw him and just bowled him over and then a bunch of refs and security came down one of them got literally launched over the barrier into the front row <laughs> oh yes i forgot about that <laughs> and then and then all of security then carted him away which uh, may explain a bit of an inconsistency between the two rumble matches it's it's the one kind of continuity thing i've tried to figure out and it's the only reason i can figure it out despite them being two hours apart the reason i mentioned this is because there was a moment later on where Elias showed up in the Rumble mm. and he had a guitar and he waffled Gunter with it and sliced his back open, mind you, as well from doing it. Ow. But, but, uh, but just to jump forward, but just so my point can be finished, I don't have to mention it again. Zaya Lee was coming into the Rumble later on and she oh, was yes. not allowed to bring in her giant, I'll call it a spear or a bow staff, whatever you want to call it, like Donatello from Ninja Turtles users. Mm. But she wasn't allowed to take that in the ring and had it forcibly taken away from her. My thoughts were, okay, my defense for this is that the referees were too busy trying to take care of all the Lesnar stuff. And they clearly couldn't spare one referee to make sure the match was still going on all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Oh well, uh, we got other highlights. I, I've got down on my on my little list. Uh, Booker T made a surprise appearance, which was always nice to see. He did a bookend. He tried. To, he was almost doing a spinner only, and then I think Gunter threw him out. Boo, boo that man. <laughs> Gunter went from hero <laughs> to villain very quickly. It's like the match is secret. That is why. I, <laughs> I will say, 
when Booker T was walking down that incredibly long aisle, there was part of me that thought, is he limping? Mm. Because I don't know why I was looking. I'm like, oh, please don't get hurt. Like, please don't. And he wasn't in for long, but it was cool to see him. And it made sense because he's from Texas. Mm. So it made total sense why he was there. Yeah. But uh, I mean, a couple other just random notes in no particular order here. But uh, we've not mentioned the fact that Pat McAfee randomly returned to be a commentator on the show. Yeah, and, uh, and and boy, did he have some some banger of lines tonight, as it were. Not only mentioning the banger bros multiple times until someone clearly told him, stop saying that. But uh, I had a moment, uh, I've written down a couple of quotes from him. Uh, one that was, quote, uh, shout out to everyone watching on the cock, Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> and that was during Seth Rollins' entrance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another one. In fact, when Gunter eliminated Booker T, he said, quote, Gunter is the absolute hole of an ass there. <laughs> I think he could probably get away with saying asshole. I think he probably would have been able to get away with that I mean, one. The had... crowd said far worse later on. Quite I frankly. mean, the crowd, the crowd said a lot worse at the very end, but <laughs> uh, if we, it was, I, I think, I think generally no one knew Pat was coming back, even Michael Cole, because Michael Cole just looked so pleased as Pudge that he was back. <laughs> I will say it was kind of obvious that Pat McAfee's not watched a lot, if any, WWE since he was last there, though. Because, which, in a weird way, and it's weird trying to give credit for this, but it kind of worked from the perspective of it's this time of year that, for want of a better word, say lapsed fans, if you will, or there are some mm. fans who will tune in for the you know, the big shows like Rumble, WrestleMania, maybe SummerSlam and Survivor Series, as it were. Yeah. This was kind of the perfect, and this is actually something I mentioned about Survivor Series when we were recapping that a while back, but I always feel that Survivor Series is a great time to showcase certain people and to introduce potential new stars or introduce new talent to those fans who will come back for the Big Four. In Hmm. this instance, Pat McAfee was in a way conveniently asking the questions that some of those fans would be asking, like, who's this person then? Like, what's their deal? and kind of trying to get information. It didn't always work, because quite frankly, Michael Cole and Corey Graves didn't know the answers to the questions some of the time. <laughs> like, I think they said, oh, d- didn't he win like a four-way on, on NXT recently? And you just heard uh, Corey Graves or Michael Cole just go, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but in that sense, though, Pat McAfee being that sort of conduit for those for those fans, I think that actually worked quite well. Yeah, yeah. And, and chances are we'll probably see a lot more Pat coming up to Mania season as well. So it's nice to see Pat back, really. Uh, so other things I've got here. Um, oh, yes. Well, Rey Mysterio was supposed to be in the Rumble. Didn't appear because apparently the night before at SmackDown, he actually legitimately got injured. So yeah, hopefully he was not. Bold. Yeah, so hopefully it's not too much of a series because then the next entry after him was Dominic, who was boasting the mask, which was like that evil little dick. How dare. How dare. But um, yeah, yeah. There, has, there has been talk that there was seemingly meant to be some kind of confrontation between the two in the ring. Yeah. And given that Ray had to get pulled, that was kind of almost the easy out of explaining why he wasn't there. And it was it was a very, very simple and obvious way of doing it. So credit to them for that. It was a shame we didn't get to see that though, because I really wanted to see what that kind of reaction with the live crowd would have been. Yeah. I mean, that Judgment Day had a little had a little kind of storm of the ring a little bit. And then Edge came back and speared all of them up over the top rope. 
Edge pretty likes much. to make his returns during a Royal Rumble, doesn't he? He does. He does. <laughs> and he also does some very violent spears, which look awesome, by the way. Which, which at least this cool. year they were caught on camera. Yes. Yes, the cameramen got them this year. I was in... <laughs> there, was probably <laughs> a direct, there was probably a directive where someone went, right, look, whoever is editing the show live at the time, when he comes out, do not take the camera off him. Cut to any angle where he is still visible. No other angle. I think we. I think the only elimination they missed was Otis, but I think it was because either someone was coming in or something massive, or something big else was happening happening around the ringside. I can't remember. Um, so yeah, so Edge. I mean, just just as I predicted, Beth Phoenix did come back at the Rumble to to get to get a pound of flesh off Rhea. I don't think it's over and done with based on how this and Raw has gone this week. But uh, yep. Yeah, Rio got a spear for her troubles as well, and we'll we'll talk about Rio a bit later on. Uh, Logan Paul made a made a return and decided ah, to have everyone's favorite crypto scammer, Logan Paul. Yes, and uh, and he wanted and he and he decided to embrace Ricochet midair. Ow! <laughs> Freaking nuts! Just both of them springboarding from opposite sides of the ring and literally just having a collision in midair. It was nuts. It's like none of them thought this was going... None of them thought for a second, hang on, this might not work. I might just I might just fall over and just land in the middle of the ring. It's like, no, no, I'm going to bounce into you. I'm going to be my chest and that's going to be so hard that you're just going to bounce out the rumble. So it's no. funny, actually, because before we went on air, because I'd randomly heard from a friend that apparently Cody Rhodes was on Logan Paul's podcast today. I think it was all a day ago. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, all right, sod it. I'll, I'll put it on in the background just sort of listen while I'm doing some other bits. And he talks about that spot. And I think he may have got his bell rung from it as well, like the way he landed, yes. like he didn't tuck his head. But um, but he said that when it was presented to him earlier in the day, he kind of was told the idea and he went, can we do that? <laughs> At which point he was like, actually, yeah, I'm in. Because if it's like a, can we do that? It's kind of that extra thing of, we have to make this work. Mm. And uh, also I will say, actually, regardless what you think of Logan Paul, I think that episode, most of the episodes, you could skip like the first 20 minutes or so, but the stuff with Cody and him talking about the rumble just before he comes on is actually kind of, it's a decent conversation. And it's also mm. interesting to hear Cody's perspective on a lot of what Logan Paul's been doing as well. So quite insightful, but that's a debate for another day. Mm. But so, yeah, so, yeah, so those two didn't perish. That's the main thing. Yeah, they didn't perish yet in the match. Eventually, uh, so after after all said, um, final four was Seth Rollins, Logan Paul, Cody, and Gunter. Logan Paul, the cretin, threw out Seth Rollins. Boo! Maybe a WrestleMania match between them. I think it might be good fun, but Rollins needs to win that one. Uh, and then, yeah, and then Cody made short work of Logan Paul, reminding him how to reminding him who runs the place at the moment, all that sort of stuff. And then we had when, when we had, and this is a thing for both of the Rumbles. I'll say, I think the finales for both the Rumbles were really good. And so here's a really. This is going to make me seem really dumb. I'm going to fully admit this now. Because we got to where number 30 was in the Rumble, and I was just enjoying it so much, I kind of, despite the big numbers being on the screen, lost track of where we were. <laughs> I was just enjoying the match. It was just it was yeah. fun, quite frankly. And it said number 30, and I thought, oh, I wonder who it's going to be. And I totally had forgot Cody was meant to be in the Rumble. So when his music hit, I just thought, oh yeah, crap, it's Cody, awesome. And then I realized we're getting Cody and Gunter for like five minutes. It's like, yes, I'm all about this. This is yes. a win. And I've, on my notes, I've got Al Cody's chest. Because uh <laughs> yeah, you know, Gunter is a smart pro wrestler. 
if someone's peck has been literally completely torn off, he's going to chop the hell out of it to give it a little test, you know? Mm. It's, it was quite... I mean, Cody's chest was quite red by the end of it, to be honest. So it's one of those, ow, this is good, ow, this is good, ow, all that sort of stuff. But no, it's like, this is like, it was like a really sort of decent, like mini match finale between them, which was really fun. And to be very honest, I would love to see, I actually would like to see Cody and Gunter have another match down the line, a proper singles match, because I think that would be a lot of fun as well. But yeah, Co- Cody, Cody, Cody won the day. He's off to Mania. He had a Mountain Dew pitch black at the press conference he was excited everyone was excited but yes um it's like i said i think it was we both said it was pretty much the the obvious logical booking choice based on how the field had been going i think you know what i'm i'm okay with that at the moment we'll talk a little bit about post rumble plans and a little bit towards the end of the episode but good match really fun rumble right winner Indeed. Also, we're glad that Gunter got a decent amount of eliminations in this. Not only mm. Logan Paul, but he also eliminated both Sheamus and Drew as well. Mm. So as well as being number one, being there right until the end, he also like got big eliminations and also had to stare down with Lesnar, as we mentioned. So this was this was definitely designed to, to do something for him, not just be, yeah. you know, him just happening to be there the whole way. It this, shows... this had this this was meaningful. I'm yeah, looking forward it, to seeing where it goes. Yeah, it shows that it shows that there is faith in creative at the moment for him, and and that's a good thing because I think after Mania and that we're going to need new challenges, fresh challenges, believable challenges for the belts, and I think Gunter just easily slides right in there. To be perfectly honest, it's, it's like. I think it'll, it'll, it'll probably end up losing the Intercontinental Belt at some point, maybe at Mania. But once he loses that belt, he's gunning for the top title. I I would not be surprised by this year he's not contesting in a main event. Hmm. It wouldn't surprise me, and this is just fantasy booking on my part, but if he ultimately loses the belt in a multi-man match where he himself isn't beaten... Hmm. Yeah. Or something something along those lines. It might be weird, but hmm. but, uh, but yeah, so overall, men's rumble match gets a thumbs up. There were definitely some, I don't want to call it dead moments in there, but overall, as a rumble, pretty much from start to finish, it wasn't boring as far as I can recall. I know that we're no. a few days out from it now, but I don't recall it at all feeling boring or stale. No, not at all. And by the end of it, we're 90 minutes into the pay-per-view. So, <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah, of which I will say, I did watch this th- the day after as well. I was originally going to be watching it live and stuff changed. It's like, you know what? I want to watch it when I actually feel awake. Mm. So knowing how long this show ultimately was, there was definitely some time that could have been trimmed with other erroneous segments, I'll call it. Okay. As it Such as the match that came next, because it was the Mountain Dew pitch black match because, of course, sponsored match once every so often. It was Bray Wyatt versus L.A. Knight. First thing I want to say about this, which may be the only positive thing I say about it, credit to the video package before the match began, because I hadn't really kept up with what had been going on with this story, and I thought that video package told the story very well. And I was actually like, I get exactly what's happened. I get why this is happening, other than the Mountain G sponsorship part. And uh, yeah, I'm up for this. Let's see what this is. I- I'm game. And then the match happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of, I think there are worse sponsorship matches. That I, I still think, 
I think, uh, Army of the Dead's Zombies at WrestleMania Backlash 2020 is by far one of the worst promotional uh, cross-band things I think I've ever seen. Um, this, this was fine with what it needed to be. It was a short match. It was about five, five, ten minutes. The, the novelty was neon. I mean, Bray Wyatt had some really cool face paint on, neon face paint, which I really liked as well. And it's just like, okay, we'll do some stuff around the wing. And then Bray wins with Sister Abigail. And that's pretty much it. And then just to make sure LA Knight knows the feud's properly over, he gets jumped on by Uncle, by Uncle Howard, who does an elbow drop from some scaffolding and explodes. But then Uncle Howdy, I'm going to ask it just outright. Is Uncle Howdy Shane McMahon? Because there's only certain people who do an elbow drop like that from high places in certain ways. I don't know. I hope it doesn't. We don't want here come the money. Here come the uncle. Howdy, 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 howdy. Here comes the howdy. Howdy, howdy, howdy. He just does the little thing with his hat. And then he just goes, oh, actually, if I tell her, I can actually demonstrate with... Got I can actually, I can actually demonstrate where it's like, Uncle Howdy, 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 Howdy. I'm so out of breath. Howdy, 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 Howdy. I mean, so look, this match, right? <laughs> I'm gonna be. So I feel I had a unique experience watching this match, and I'm not trying to just crap all over this for the sake of it. This is genuinely some of my experience. One. This match genuinely was giving me a headache because the way the UV lighting was shot and just, I guess, the configuration of my TV or something, it was genuinely hurting my eyes looking at it. So the Royal Rumble event gave me a genuine headache, which I had to, like, stop watching for a bit. But also, I'm going to be blunt, I couldn't see Bray Wyatt for most of this. LA Knight was smart. He wore bright fluorescent will look will look fluorescent under uv light tights i couldn't see bray wire for most of this i thought la knight was fighting a ghost <laughs> well that defi- that's pretty much the purpose of a pitch black match basically be invisible la knight wasn't therefore he lost <laughs> there we go simple logic for stupid bollocks i don't know <laughs> that, uh, that that ain't an insult that's just a fact of life yeah yeah also and look I'm not one to try and crap all over someone who does an elbow drop from a great height. But at best, he just about caught LA Knight's ear when he did that elbow drop. Yeah. You see you see the video from the other angle, you go, oh, okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it was a health and safety thing. Who knows? But yeah, it could have could have been shot a bit better. Um, also, the, the puppets were on top of the scaffolding. I don't know if you noticed yeah. that. Oh, yeah, no, I noticed they were in the they were in the entrance as well as Bray was walking down. They were just casually in the walkway just going, hello. Were they? I didn't I'm even see them. I literally, I, literally, I couldn't see anything. This as he, as he walks down, back. as he walks down with the lantern, first he's flanked by Huskus, then there's Mercy the Buzzard, then there's... I'm sorry, who? Huskus? Huskus the pig, yes. Keep up, Jeremy. They have names. I didn't know they had names. <laughs> he had Mercy the Buzzard, Sister uh, Abby the Abby the Witch, Sister um, not Abigail, <laughs> Sister not Abigail, but Abby the Witch. And I don't know if we. I don't know if there was a Rambling Rabbit. I think maybe they they may have killed a friend. No, no. I think Rambling Rabbit is alive. I don't know. We're spending far too much time on this match than we really need to, Jeremy. <laughs> And that's why we're going to move straight on, because immediately after this, well, I say immediately, there was a very long ad break. But Mm -hmm. after this, we then got the Raw Women's Championship match with Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair. 
so there's a couple of schools of thought on this match that I have, and I'm pretty, if you don't mind, I'm probably going to go first on this one. The first is that, I mean, as you've put in kind of the notes that we have between us, this was just there, and that does really sum this up. There was, because of the placement of this match, this kind of combines into my second point, mm. where this match was, everyone was waiting for something Wyatt-related to happen, because that had just happened. So it makes total sense why people would think that. And there was a little bit of randomness after it, but th this match, I think, really suffered from where it was. And mm. there wasn't really much other way you could have got around that unless you put it after the Women's Rumble match, which I'm not sure mm. if that would have worked at that point. But to me, its placement on the show really damaged it. And this match, honestly, it, it was it was just there. It really wasn't anything special. Credit to the both of them for trying to do some cool stuff. It's just one of those matches that just for whatever reason for me, it did not gel with what I was watching and my mindset at the time. And so for me, it's just a bit, eh, all right, that happened. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I, my notes was this was a match. That is all. And that's not a disservice to the performers. I think they they tried the best they could with the, with the material or the story that they were trying to tell in the ring. But... Ultimately, I think the result was never in doubt. It was always going to be Bianca winning. Um, and then we have, and then uh, and then afterwards we have Uncle Howdy, fresh from exploding, just taunted Alexa after a match, <laughs> just going, "Are you in control? Do you feel in control?" It's like, okay, where is this going, and why should I care? So point. another <laughs> random note about Bianca as well, which I've got on my notes, which this is genuinely one of one of two notes that I had about this match. The other I've already said was. It must be really difficult to skip all the way down that long entrance because it's a long time to be skipping for. If you just miss time one of those skips, you're you're buggered. <laughs> oh no! I mean, that said, uh, Nikki Cross in the next match showed some amazing cardio. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, so yeah. So basically, bottom line: Bianca retained over Alexa. Still, some spooky bollocks going on with Uncle Harley there. Moving on, Women's Rumble. I let you lead. So, the Women's Royal Rumble match. Now, we sort of touched on it lightly, but during the Men's Rumble match, the way... Uh, what I thought was ultimately far more significant than I think it actually ended up being. But when Edge entered, he eliminated basically most of the Judgment Day, because at this point, they've been doing like a three on whoever beatdown. So, yeah. Edge eliminated Damian Priest and Finn Balor, and he tried to eliminate Dominic but was then pulled out by Bala and Priest. So, yeah. random elimination. The reason I mention this is because Edge then kept attacking those two up the very long entrance ramp. <laughs> the longest post, longest beatdown ever, as it were. And then when he got to the, the, the entrance screen area, if you will, Rhea Ripley then came out and started attacking Edge. This prompted Beth to come out, who speared her, and Rhea went crashing down on the ground, holding her ribs and whatnot. So Rhea comes out first, and she is holding her ribs. And there was me thinking, ah, oh, is this the way they're going to make her not win? Or is this going to play into the match quite a bit? Honestly, didn't actually play into it that much, and she still won, and she was number one. <laughs> yes. And uh, I believe Rhea is the first woman, woman to win it from the number one position as well. So make a bit of history there, which is really cool. Um, yeah, I think... I think at times they tried to play because it wasn't an uber dominant performance by Rhea in the Rumbles. Like there are times where she is recovering in the corner or just not necessarily involved in the action. So you could argue in a psychological 
uh, ring ring story way that that's her selling the injury a little bit. Otherwise, she'd be throwing probably people out left, right, and center. Um, as we as we talked about it on the on our predictions video, this I think it could I think it could have been it could have been no one but Rhea at this rate. I'll admit I liked I liked Dark Oscar Dark Oscar. That was fun. Um, yeah. Now, now, but yeah. actually, to, to touch on that, because on the predictions video, I mentioned to you that there have been some like YouTube videos that Oscar have been uploading of her going to Japan to find herself. She's uploaded another one, which I actually completely forgot to watch, but she basically, I think it's called like me arriving at the Rumble. So that's pretty like the final circle of how she has in essence embraced her Kana character from her time in Japanese wrestling. So it's mm. great to see where that's going to lead to long term. Very excited yes. to see that. Yes, but um, but no, that Oscar's return was one of my highlights because that was kind of like a because obviously it's like the music's slightly different, and then the moment she takes off the mask and you see the face paint, and everyone's kind of going, "Oh no, she she's not here to make friends anymore. She's kinda, she's she's clearly here to hurt people." This is why it worked so well the way they revealed it because even if you don't know, it's kind of a nod slash it is her Kana character, if you will. You see the makeup and you're just like. Oh, that ain't good. That ain't good mm. for anyone in that rig. You just you Not know, and it worked so well. But this this brings up an interesting point because you mentioned that Oscar's return was one of the highlights of the match. I talked about how the men's rumble it didn't really ever feel stale or boring. In my opinion, and it's nothing against again anyone who was in the ring because there were once some great moments during all of this time, but there was a decent period in this match where it kind of just felt like it was happening. And yeah. really, the times when that changed, I feel, were when Oscar returned and also when Becky came into the match. That Those were kind of two moments yeah. where the crowd got far more into it. Yeah, I... I I would I would probably agree with you on that. Um, yeah, when the when the big names are coming in, like Oscar, and you've got uh, Becky and Bailey. I mean, the the Becky Bailey feud is continuing on, which is good to see. Um, so we have that. Yeah, I mean. It, it, yeah, there were some quiet spots, or just not not necessarily. Wow, that superstar's in its spots, to be honest. I mean, truth be told, there was a nice sort of showing from NXT. So you had Roxanne Perez look great. Yep, Zoe Stark looked great as well. She looked very vicious, very sort of just mm-hmm. really doing like the like the alpha female sort of thing. Um, I think Indy Hartwell was also in the Rumble as well. Yes. Yes, she was. Um, so yeah, some nice, nice appearances from NXT talent. Chelsea Green made a return, lasted five seconds. Let's see where that goes. Um, that, so was we, the, that was that was the, that was the troll the internet like, entry of the Rumble, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And then Matt Matt, Matt Caldona's on to go. Yeah, setting records. Yeah, <laughs> you you show them. Uh, well, sort of. Um, what else I have here? Uh, Zelina Vega is Street Fighter Six bound, and she was cosplaying as Jury to celebrate. Yeah, this was actually really cool because mm. I'm not sure. So a little bit, of, little bit of ner- Jeremy nerding out a bit here, as it were, for a sec. But she wasn't just cosplaying it because she was actually embracing some of the move set of mm. Jury as well. Because Jury is, if I remember correctly, she's not a character I've played as as very much. But she's more primarily a kick based fighter. Yeah. And so when she was on the ring apron with Zia Lee, I think it was, she literally was trying to do certain kick moves that she was doing, like the way she would be like lifting up the opponent with her foot and stuff. So she was actually 
trying to replicate the moves mm. as well as well as also michael cole going into into pure cell mode for capcom going oh well zelina vega is cosplaying as jury in this from street fighter 6 because she's going to be a commentator in the game which i'm guessing a commentator is going to be the person that goes like round one fight or like the, the, the i don't know admittedly i've actually i've actually looked i've actually looked, briefly looked into this apparently with street fighter 6 uh, and do correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, please. Um, basically, with Street Fighter Six, they're having like this very fluid commentary mode. So depending where you are, it may randomly assign one of several commentators to the match. And Zelina Vega is going to be providing voice for one of those commentators. That's so, cool. I wasn't aware. So, so it's a little bit more substantial than just go and here they go and all that sort of stuff. It's it incredible like, move. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, they're, they're powering up that sort of stuff. So I feel like there's, there's a proper commentary track coming in from Zelina, which is great because. She's a very passionate gamer as well. We she's had a Twitch channel, that sort of stuff. So it's kind of like this is like again, this is like perfect wrestler for perfect brand. There you go. Off we off we go. And I and I liked I liked I liked Zelina and Zai's little little thing on the ring apron. It was quite good fun. I, mean, I, thought, I thought her Zelina's look was amazing. I thought be jury the whole time. It just looks incredible. Do it. I think we'll probably see a bit more of that probably nearer the release date as well. Depends if they're able to kind of blend that into uh, Legado del Fantasma as well, because that's the stable she's part of now. Mm. Um, but no, I, I no, I generally, I generally enjoyed both both Selena and Zaya in that one. I thought it was a good, good little interaction. I mean, there were some ones that I couldn't really care much. I don't really care about Lacey Evans. So, I'm very confused yeah. about Lacey Evans. Speaking okay. of someone who's not really watching much WWE, so. If I'm to interpret the character that she was portraying and how I saw it, mm. she's now fully embracing the fact, again, she's a Marine. For the it's, second time. Okay, sure. Um, but is a heel. So how you have a heel Marine when arguably that's a very difficult thing to boo in America is quite interesting. But then salutes the crowd, but in an evil way, encouraging slash demanding people salute back at her. Well, the first time they tried, because she re-debuted, I think, at some point in 2022, again, with the movie <laughs> thing. And basically, they had worked a couple of good vignettes. They actually did a, a series of decent videos of, like, Lacey going through, like, her upbringing, her journeys in the army and that sort of stuff. They bring her back. They don't know what to do with her. And immediately going to go, okay, well, we're not getting the USA thing. Okay, turn a hill, all that sort of stuff. She goes away again. And then we have more military Marine stuff. And it's now, okay, she's back as a Marine for the second time. And she's still a heel. And nothing, nothing's clicking. Doesn't, it doesn't help that her, her social media activities kind of put a sour note on a few fans' uh, opinions of oh, her as well. No. What, what, what have they done? Uh, I'm, I'm just for just for the better, just for just for time, and just for kind of. I think if people want to research it, they can do. But it's like it's it's not, it's not fun. Okay. Uh, yeah. So. so yeah, that's why I think there's a bit of apathy towards Lacey Evans. Probably not the social media stuff, but just you've tried it twice. It hasn't mm. worked. <laughs> do yeah. something. It just. I mean, the southern, the, the sassy southern Bell had a lot more character it was a lot more involving i suppose but um yeah so yeah so in a bit to move away from yeah. her from her then as a discussion point i will say yeah. one thing we've not touched on and this was kind of in a way another kind of weird parallel between the men's and the women's rumble is 
we got another three-on-one team sort of dominating eliminations because all of damage mm. control ended up in the ring. I think it was by number 10. Yeah. And they were sort of dominating eliminations for a bit. So in kind of similar ilk to what happened in the men's rumble with all of Judgment Day being in at the same time, albeit later in the, in the match itself. Yeah. But you mentioned Chelsea Green. Like her very quick arrival and elimination after about five seconds by Rhea, no less. So I mm. imagine that match is probably going to happen at some point because Chelsea would be very annoyed. But that actually proved to be a pivotal point in the match, per my notes verbatim, as Becky, at this point, Becky eliminated Dakota Kai, then Io, which led to Bailey eliminating Becky before she was eliminated by Liv. Yes. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of moments in that. Look, <laughs> look, and, and then I think they brought, and I think Becky and Bailey brawled into the audience anyway. So it's like they, yeah. it's like they had a brawl as well, and they were led away by producers and security guard again. It's like, oh, they're fighting again in the car. Oh, not again. All right, <laughs> fine. And then at this point, I don't know why I noted this, but I did. But at this point, after that, that string of eliminations, the field was as follows. Uh, this was a, a number, around number 20, so it was just before Zelina came in. But the field mm. at that point was Oscar, Zoe Starks, Zia Lee, Tamina, Piper Niven, no longer Dewdrop, great. Nice. And Rhea Ripley. So quite a nice, eclectic mix of people, to say the least. That's going to be... Em I mean, I've got more to say about how many people were in the ring a bit later, because I made sure to note that down. But, like, even though I said there was some parts of this rumble which kind of felt perhaps a bit dull or a little bit stale, this was a good rumble match. It was, yeah. It's just... there were. It was very much at certain points, like you were going on like up, up and down hills in a way. Mm. Like, so you had to crawl up to the top and then when you got to the top and you were riding down on your bike, that's when things picked up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we also had, I think in terms of legends, I think we only had really one legend return. That was Michelle McCall, who was just casually sitting in the front row. And so I was like, oh, I'm not in the rumble. Oh, wait, I've got my wrestling. I'm technically got my wrestling going to leave. I'll go have a fight. <laughs> I, okay, so this is both partly the dumbest thing they've ever done and also in a way, one of the cleverest things they've done because they showed her in the crowd earlier in the night. And so that's me thinking, oh, okay, she won't be in the rumble. And then I also thought, how did I not think she might not be in the rumble when we were doing the prediction video? I was trying to remember other people who might be in it. And I was like, oh yeah, Michelle McCool. That's a thing. And then when... When her music hit, I suddenly thought, oh, it must be Layla. That's pretty cool. And then it cuts to Michelle McCall in the crowd, basically acknowledging her daughter's going, oh, I guess I'm in the match. All right, well. And then she All jumped right, up like... on the barrier and nearly fell off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Well. She was wrestling in Ugg boots, I think, as well. Yeah, it was it was a fine it was a fine performance. It was it was a fine, fine appearance. It was, it's like it's always nice to have a like nice little flashback, and it's like she she can wrestle in the ring as well, so there's no no problems with that at all. Um, just trying to think of other people. I mean, Nikki Nikki Cross just belted it right down to the ring, and she, she was literally she... did uh, like a hundred meter sprint, probably <laughs> all the way down. I think even a, a big demo that the former Killian Dane, who is the I want to say they're married, but he like quote tweeted a video of her running down, and she literally just went, not gonna lie, like she's a cardio monster. <laughs> 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 Uh, I mean, when I mean, Nikki Cross tried to throw away, what was the belt she tried to throw away? Was it twenty four seven one? Twenty four seven. Yeah. He quote tweeted. He quote tweeted her and just went, "Look, we, you can't win them all. We didn't have basketball in, in, in Scotland, you know." <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just like trying to uh, trying to like sort of defend it the comedic way, but. Uh, 
but uh, but yeah so unless you've got any other thoughts should we advance to to who was last in the rumble that was where i was going so yes yeah so in the build-up to this rumble there were rumors going around of oh you know if the rock's gonna be at wrestlemania maybe that'll be a big surprise and what and like i'll say one of the rumble matches the men's rumble there's no reason being a women's match but of course when you can't get the rock for the rumble you can still get one of his cousins and it's the cousin no one wanted and so much so the countdown timer broke <laughs> and her music started abruptly. Then the countdown timer appeared on the screen and the entire match stopped for longer than an entrant would be for a rumble match for like two minutes while she walked down to the aisle. Walked down to the ring from the aisle, excuse me. Uh, and and, then- and I, I won't lie, when I saw Nia Jax on my screen, because I haven't actually said their name yet, when I mm. saw Nia Jax on my screen, I, my first reaction literally was, oh, really? I just, mm. you know, I mean, look, whatever. Like, I'm not going to get into stuff they've said in the past. That's ultimately their opinion. That's not the place to talk about it. But I just, I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to see Nia Jax in the Rumble. I just, I don't. Yeah. Oh, it's like, well, the nice thing is we have the we have the we have the common sense booking of how on earth are they going to get someone like Nia Jax out of the rumble? It's simple. They all work together like they should do. It's funny you mention that, because I, I I mentioned like who was in the field earlier. I think this is the first time, and I'm I could be wrong here, in a Royal Rumble match, not including the non-canon one we discussed earlier where out of all the where all 30 participants were in the ring and we had the following people still in the ring in the match Nia Jax Oscar Sonia Deville Raquel Rodriguez Lacey Evans Liv Morgan Piper Niven Tamina Nikki Cross Rhea Ripley Shotzi Blackheart Mia Yim and Michelle McCool that's nearly half the rumble field <laughs> still in the ring at the end of the match. Ah, well, they, well, they all worked together. They worked together. They worked together. They got Nia out. Nia got annoyed and wandered off. Yeah, and then exact... business returned to normal. <laughs> my, my exact note I wrote down was time froze in the ring for two minutes while Nia walked down. Everyone was smart, beat down on her, then threw her out. Oh, she also got she also got a a slight riptide from Rhea. Uh, fair point, actually. Yeah, fair point. A couple of people tried to body slam her, including Rhea. Mm. But uh, but yes, yeah, so it's a fair play on that. So at this point, jumping forward a little bit, ultimately people are eliminated. Rhea also eliminated Raquel Rodriguez as well. So that's worth yeah. noting. Who was also really popular. I think it's because it was in Texas, and there's obviously a big yeah. sort of Hispanic pop. Uh, population for want of a better word in that area so she was really mm-hmm. connecting with the crowd and i think they said her gear was a tribute to eddie guerrero as well in some way maybe sort I of pre so, wwe yes. but yes i believe so yeah um it's like i said and i think it's, i think I, I slightly touched upon in in the predictions video is like i think the crowd are warming to raquel it's just probably this time next year maybe she's in line for a mania main event maybe by then she's in she's been in main events but but no, I think she's on the right. She's on the right path. It's just like it takes a while. I mean, even when she was in NXT, not many people kind of 
were enthralled by the idea of maybe Raquel. But when I think when we had things like the war game she was in, where she pinned Io Sky and stuff like that, people going, ah, now we can see Raquel as champion. So I think it is, it, it's, it's an eventuality that will happen, but probably not right now. Yeah. Uh, before we get to the final four, I have one other note that I, I neglected to mention from earlier. When Shayna Baszler was in the ring, and oh, she yes. like, I think she did like a, her like elbow stomp thing, where you kind of put the hand next to the head and you stomp on the elbow. Did mm -hmm. it on Dana Brooke, who got to say, her being cosplayed like Barbie was really cool. If that was intentional, that's what they said in commentary. But then again, they lie. But uh, I did laugh when uh, Shayna did that, and McAfee said, "quote unquote," calling the move the future endeavors stomp. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> well, I think, I think, I think this is, I think this is because I think there is some sort of, I don't know if it's a real or just, it's just done for, for show. Sure. There's possible beef between Corey and Dana, which is probably why Corey said the thing. Oh, no, no, that know. was Matt. Oh, no, that was Matt. Oh, that was Matt. Oh, my, my bad. Apologies. Apologies. Um, that's fine. But I want to make sure I mentioned that because I thought, oh, that's a bit on the nose, potentially. That's a bit, that's a bit mean, Pat. That's a bit mean. So the final four ended up being Nikki, Asuka, Liv, and Rhea. That said, Nikki was eliminated almost immediately at that point. So it was basically the focus on the final three. The way that this all happened, I'm sort of going to try and do a, a cliff notes of it, but I think it kind of needs to be said because I thought this ending to this rumble was really damn good as well. It was really well con constructed. The final three all end up on the, on the outside on the ring apron specifically. Asuka was about to spew some like Great Muta style mist into Rhea's face, but she ducked and Liv Morgan got the wrath of the, of the mist instead. She is mm -hmm. now just blinded. This allowed Rhea to then hit Asuka so she loses her balance, falls off the ring, is eliminated. We're down to, we are down to two, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Liv, with her vision impaired, just acts on instinct and is retaliating to Rhea, trying to, like, attack her, but she just can't see what's going on. She's just pummeling her and such. This causes Rhea to lose her footing, and she's basically holding onto, like, the rope with her feet and such. Or no, sorry, holding onto the ropes with her hands, just dangling, like, trying not to touch the ground because she's really freaking tall, so that was nearly awkward. Mm. but her feet are nearly hitting the floor but they're not and then Liv is just like still can't see properly and is just like feeling around the ropes and just starts hitting her hands and stuff <laughs> and then at this point Rhea demonstrates like what core strength she has effectively tries to like skin the cat but only gets as far as Liv Morgan's head and pulls her down in essence doing a rana while still holding onto the ropes and Rhea wins the rumble mm. I loved this finish and I also loved how much sort of fighting spirit they showed for, for Liv Morgan as well. And this, I thought she came across really well, as did Asuka in this last section. Yeah, I think good final three. I think Liv is, they're definitely hope, trying to rehabilitate Liv, which is a good thing to see. And I think she had a really good rumble as well, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was just the thing of when she got sprayed with the mist, the lips just go, just doing like the Marco Polo game of, is this Rhea? Is this Rhea? Oh, this might be rare. Oh, no, I'm out. There we go. <laughs> it's like, come on, crowd. Tell me where rare is. She's right in front of you. She's right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, with that being there, Rhea Ripley is going to WrestleMania. And we find out the next, well, I say the next night, we find out on Raw who she'll be facing. But for the, for the sake of discussion, we'll save that 
for a few moments. But overall, yeah. definitely worth checking out lots of points of this Rumble. But like I said, a little bit stale in places compared to the Men's Rumble, but I loved the ending sequel. I sort of loved that, that finishing stretch, if you will. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, there were some really good finishes to the Rumbles this year. So definitely do. Still at least check them both out. I think they were really good matches. Um, uh, before before we got to the main event, we had we had Hardy. Wait, mate, we have breaking news at this point. Hardy returned to WWE. No, no, no. The, the singer, not, not, not the wrestlers, Jeremy. I'm sorry. Hey, Jeff Hardy is a singer. He has music albums. All right. But 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 I'm no. not saying they're good. <laughs> but no, but no, it was Hardy, the same Hardy who was in the opening package. So how are you gonna get them more confused? I have no, I have no idea. So I, I I have one question about this performance. Why? Okay, I have two questions about this performance. How? I have a, I have a specific question in mind. Where? <laughs> I mean, in the ring. Um, Who, what, where, how? <laughs> I, I just have questions about the state of country music. I skipped because it. The, over the PA, they clearly said, and now country music artist Hardy. And it's like, clearly, I, I mean, look, I listen to stuff on the heavier end of the spectrum, as it were, like proper heavy stuff in places. So I was like, okay, whatever, I'll, I'll go and grab a drink. And then I kind of walked back into the room and just thought, this is country? <laughs> well, it's like, I think, the, what was it? I watched, um, during Christmas, I watched Bo Burnham's uh, So What? And he does, a, he does a, a song about how country Western singers, some of them may do a little bit of slight lying to, to kind of say to, hey, I'm just like you, like a dirt road, a cold beer, a tractor, still working. Tractor. <laughs> Now, see, I'm pandering. <laughs> it's a good song. Go out your way to listen to it. But it's just like, it's just like, it's like, I think if people have heard that, they can't trust country music ever again in that, in that sense. But uh, yeah, Hardy was there. He sang the song of the, of the pay-per-view, which, which he did. And then we carried on. And to be perfectly honest, I skipped it. <laughs> it's like, I don't I mean, need... The other thing as well, like... A lot of the pyrotechnic budget was spent on this song performance. Did you see how many pyrotechnics went off during this? That might have been Hang on. To, to mask the song. Hang on. Are we talking about real pyro or the CGI uh, building pyro? What? The pyro on the outside of the, of the arena looked incredibly like CGI to me. Oh, sorry. No, I meant specifically during like Hardy's performance behind the drummer. Ah, uh, well, I, I, like I said, I didn't watch it. So. I mean, look, <laughs> like, decided, I, I, I wanted Roman. I wanted Roman, Kevin. <laughs> if you wanted to skip anything, mate, you chose the right thing. That said, between the end of the Women's Rumble match and the start of the main event, I believe someone tallied up roughly 20 minutes had passed. Well, the thing is, the thing is, and I think, I don't know if we've talked about it on, on stream before, but basically with the Peacock broadcast, when we have those slight bigger vignettes of, wrestlers like brock or street profits or judgment day and stuff like that that's actually when peacock are running uh u.s centric adverts to its audience so for the international feed for network we get that little chunk to be honest so this is kind of like if you're if you're if you're watching it if you're just watching it on on catch up then you can just skip through it but yeah that that's that's the reason why you get these very long uh long good very good video packages 
but very long video packages. I'm kind of surprised they don't just use it as an opportunity to like plug content on the network. Like they could play like a clip from like an interview that Stone Cold's done or something, you know, go and watch all of this stuff. They're not going to promote their own stuff. They can, they can only do so much. Mm-hmm. So we get to the main event for the, the, what's it called now? The WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. I think that's what it's called. You've got we the get- right words, but in the wrong order. Uh, it's good, but it's not right. They're all the same. Um, it's the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. But carry on. As Kevin Owens got to the ring far quicker than Roman Reigns did. This, this I, I'm actually genuinely curious. I've not done this, but I might have to, or we might have to at some point. I want to time, on average, at pay-per-view events, specifically in stadiums, who takes longer to get to the ring? Roman mm. Reigns... Or the Undertaker, or Bray Wyatt, because Bray had a little bit of a wonder. But then again, I think it's all—it's all in line with his music, though. So, I mean, Undertaker—it's—it was a thing. But yeah. So now I'm gonna now in the past we've discussed Roman Reigns pay, like pay-per-view premium live event matches, and I've always kind of said they just feel long. Like there's just I can't get. I remember the one with Edge. I kind of felt the same. John Cena. I felt the same. There's just been that theme that I'm just I'm not really into it. And even perhaps Brock Lesnar's one to a degree. There was a there was just that element that a lot of it just felt like it was happening, and I, mm. there was nothing to care about. But I actually overall enjoyed this match. I thought there was various stuff going on. It was actually interesting to watch. Quite yeah. frankly, it was obviously the whole dynamic of what, if anything, is Sammy gonna do involved in it? And we'll get to that in a few moments. But up to that point, I was actually enjoying the match for what it was. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty... It's, I think it's a, a little bit more of a pacier Reigns match than some of his previous defences. But I think it was kind of... I think a lot of the story, and quite rightly the story, is all about what is Sammy's involvement? What is Sammy going to have to do for this final test? Per se, but it's kind of like it was. It was. A, it was a nice kind of quick back and forth between Owens and Reigns, and then it's like they have really good ring chemistry. You're going to get a nice, decent match out of it. I think the nice, the interesting thing to to really see towards the end of the match to really sort of build up ultra heel Roman Reigns is how vicious he gets towards the end, especially with throwing KO repeatedly into the stairs, his head hitting the stairs, and all that sort of stuff. Even even the spear through the barricade looked pretty pretty brutal as well i think it was all just out to for reigns just to properly just go into god mode beat down beat down owens i mean no, i think nothing was in doubt that reigns was losing a belt he, he wasn't losing a belt he was still walking out of there as the champion i think a lot it was yeah you you could tell when there's 20 minutes left on your pay-per-view you know some shit's gonna go down <laughs> So just for the sake of sort of continuity and whatnot, I've got like a little bit of a recap here as to what was going on that led to the end and what we'll get on to in a few moments. Yeah. So the big moment of the match came shortly after Kevin Owens attempted to do a moonsault, but slipped and kind of nearly crushed Roman in the process as well. But then he Mm. went for another, Roman moved when Owens was going to hit that. So Owens kind of almost got like a double whammy of like missing moves and something going wrong, which... yeah. Though clearly probably not fully intentional, I think it actually did play into the match a little bit. So I was actually totally fine with that. Yeah. This allowed Roman to set up what at this point was a second Superman punch. Owens dodged it, but in the process, the ref got taken out and then landed on the outside. Owens had hit up a pop-up powerbomb and in the process got a visual pinfall on Roman, 
but no referee. Mm. Once the immediacy of like all the commotion was passed, Roman then hit a low blow, but the ref was still down. At this point, Roman instructed Sammy to get a chair. Now, Sammy's reaction, which I had no context for this because I hadn't seen the, the apparently now canon kickoff show, but Sammy was effectively saying something to the effect of, you told me to do nothing during the match. I I'm not doing anything. And then Roman snapped and essentially just went, just give me a damn chair. But in the way Roman would do it. Mm. Eventually, Sammy found one because he really couldn't find one, uh, but then hesitated giving it to Roman. When he did, Roman went to hit Owens with it, but missed, allowing Owens to hit a stunner for a two count. We then see Sammy looking like his heart rate had gone through the roof at this point, and Heyman also looking like he wanted to just tear his face off, just giving him the most perfect evil glare by the barricades. Roman then got a near fall, allowing for another Superman, uh, sorry, following another Superman punch, excuse me. Owens then ended up on the outside with Sammy just saying to him by the barricade, just stay down. Like, why are you doing this? Just stay down. But Roman saw where Kevin Owens was and then ran towards him and speared him through the barricade. And on commentary, McAfee was claiming that Sammy was distracting Owens for Roman's benefit. Which, again, adding into what I was saying earlier, because McAfee hasn't been around and clearly may not be fully up to date on the product, that is one interpretation you could see of that. Mm. But obviously, everyone else may think differently. So where does it sound again? McAfee not being fully up to date on stuff kind of played into another bit of a drama element here, which unintentionally, I really liked. Hmm. Owens is thrown back in the ring. Well, actually, no, sorry. Owens is then sort of ending up by the steel steps on the outside. And Roman's just done with Owens and just throws him back of the head first into like the edge of the ring steps twice, which looked brutal. Mm. And his head was also clearly hitting the stairs. And this led to Roman going in the ring, hitting one more spear and getting the pin. Now, I appreciate that was a long recap to get there, but I feel it's kind of essential to emphasize what had led to what was going to happen next. Yeah. So, first of all, the rest of the bloodline come down, and to sort of use a Young Bucks line here, it was a super kick party because I think Kevin Owens got a bajillion super kicks in the space of about two minutes to his face. Mm-hmm. This then led to Kevin Owens being handcuffed to the ropes, of which Paul Heyman presented, like, a pair of cuffs, and he had another set, and he said, I've got I've got lots of cuffs. I've got lots. <laughs> As only he can. So at this point, Roman is going to hit Owens with a chair, but Sammy is in the ring and is just visibly like, this is enough. What the hell? We don't need to do this. And then there's a moment that happens because Roman's about to hit him with a chair and Sammy just cuts in front of him and just basically says, stop and you hear the crowd starting to erupt. Mm. But a wonderful story element here, with Sami Zayn just going, look, we're done. You don't need to do any more. And then he twisted it more and went, look, this is beneath you. You don't need to do this. And Roman just takes a second. In a weird way, I'm, the weird way I'm going to phrase this, it kind of acknowledging what Sami has said, and then just holds his hand up with the chair and just says you do it <laughs> and you could just see that that moment 
of mm. Sammy's being like, oh, no, no. <laughs> Not me. I don't want to do it. He doesn't. He, sorry, go on. I don't know if it. I don't know if it's during the 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 build up to the eventual chair shot, but there's this great moment. I think the mics do pick it up where Roman Roman is telling, "Do you want to do you want to hang with family or do you want to go back to your jackass shit?" Such a good line. <laughs> and that was just like, oh, oh my god! It's like you're cutting deep, Roman. <laughs> so at this point, Roman is now standing in front of Sammy. And he's mm. kind of giving some verbals to Owens, who was just knocked out on the ropes while being handcuffed. But the way they did the camera angle, it was it was pretty much exactly the same as the position that Rollins was in when he betrayed Roman when the shield broke up or mm. started to crumble. So if you're like a longtime fan, you're getting all these flashbacks. And then at that moment, Sammy swings the chair and clocks Roman in the back. The building implodes with crowd sound it is clearly deafening in there mm. and roman's shocked on the mat probably having ptsd from the shield stuff and it's just being like i, I can't believe what just happened what's not again what <laughs> not again <laughs> the bloodline are shocked sammy specifically we see him apologizing to jay who of course just a few days earlier on raw during the whole trial segment had stuck up for Sammy saying he's one of us. Look how he's defended us all the whole time. And then at that point, Jimmy begins just beating down Sammy as does Solo Sokoa. But Jay is clearly just more, just morally conflicted about what the heck to do and just stands in the corner with his head down and is doing nothing. Sammy is utterly decimated, destroyed, whatever word you want to use, he's done. And Roman is shouting during all of this, saying, I gave you everything, and then grabs the chair and just starts waffling him with about 10 or 15 chair shots, maybe. I didn't actually count, but that's what it felt like. Mm. Attention then turns to Jay, the only member of the bloodline not engaging in any way, shape, or form with what is happening to Sammy. Roman looks at him, and the, at that moment, the the camera cuts to Jay, and clearly on the big screens in the arena, it did at the same time because you just hear the crowd suddenly go, "Jay, Jay, Jay, Jay!" They're willing him on, and at that moment, Jay drops down to the mat, rolls out, and begins just walking away. Roman is shocked. He's now even more furious, shouting at Sami Zayn that he's broken up his family and then continues to just beat him down unmercifully until eventually he grabs the ceremonial lay of flowers, the ones that you sort of put around the neck and such. And he just starts, well, moments earlier, we had seen, I think it was Jimmy or Jay holding the lay and Roman before all this kind of went, no, no, not yet. We've got some more business to tend to before we before he's not guilty completely. At this point now, Sammy's just doomed on the mat, just unconscious. And Roman's got the lay and just starts picking out the flowers one by one and just dropping them and throwing them down on him until there's no more left. And then they all begin to just walk away. Owens is handcuffed to the ropes, unable to do anything, and you see him clearly at some point trying to move before he's just kicked in the face once again. Mm. Sammy is totally knocked out, and the show goes off the air 
we see Jay is still walking down the incredibly long aisleway. He's just about got to the entrance, like the beginning of it, if you will, as the show's about to go off the air. And the final thing we see are the bloodline just sort of looking at the carnage they have unleashed. And the show goes off the air. I talked for a long time there, Ian, so I'm going to let you react properly now. But all I'm going to say is, holy crap, what a segment. It was a really good ending. And it's like, we I think we all knew something serious was going to go down, but it's like, even as it happens, it just, everything just seemed to be executed to perfection. The facial reactions, the, the moments, the crowd reactions were just so were beautiful to see unfold it's like you knew you knew sammy was going to probably step in or uh, or do something to save kevin in a way and it's just there the chair shot pop from the crowd is insane even you just keep re-watching it and just you hear it but it it's it's captivating it generally is captivating and it's like it's like it's again it's the thing that you understand white main events because usually you have a rumble main event in your pay-per-view He's like you don't you don't end it with a championship match or like the big championship match. This is a a very good reason, and they kind of justify that reason the moment the bell finished or when the match finished. They completely justified it for the last twenty minutes, sorry, and it makes off, it nearly, sorry nearly knocked something off my desk. That's why I did a really weird face. Then please continue. Uh, no worries, um, but um, yeah, it's just it's just another chapter in probably undeniably the best thing in wrestling right now. To be perfectly honest, and. We don't know how this story has progressed further because there was no kind of development on Raw. It was all about some of the Raw stars and, and stories, so they, they were more focused on Cody and Rhea and stuff like that. I think we'll probably get something on SmackDown, probably on Friday. We'll get an idea of where we're going with this. Um, but yeah, it's it's exciting. It's captivating. It's like, you know, I think for the first time, it's like, this is, this is top-tier WWE storytelling. And we haven't seen this in Yonks, so it's like they need they need to they need a payoff. They need a really good payoff now. I mean, I would argue at this point, and this is the debate for another time, perhaps because I know so we would want to focus primarily on this as a whole, the event. But mm. arguably, this is just top tier storytelling, full stop. Quite frankly, mm. but yeah, th this was fantastic. And the other thing which I think really emphasizes how powerful this was is that we at home could hear the majority of what was being said through the ringside cameras. Mm. The 50-odd thousand people in that stadium couldn't. And yet, just through looking on the big screen and looking in the ring, this still got that reaction. They didn't even have microphones on them, as far as I'm aware. Mm. So they could only kind of, perhaps, if you're that good at lip reading, you might be able to figure out some of what's being said. So it was basically like silent movie theatre for them in the crowd, <laughs> in a weird way. But isn't that resting most of the time outside of promos? So <laughs> there, there you go. But just to add as well, in the chat, actually, Harriet Manga Girl has said that that ending to the main event is one of the best things I've seen in a long time. The build-up has really paid off, and we haven't even got to the end yet. Completely agree. And I will add to that that I think at this point, Ian, if you had to say this was kind of like a three-act story, mm. this was the end of Act 2. We're now moving yes. into Act Three. One would assume. Yes, I, I believe so. I think I think Elimination Chamber and Mania is going to be your yeah, Act Three for for quite a number of the players, really. Yeah. So, and that was the Royal Rumble 
well, I was about to say match. It wasn't. That, that was the, the event. That was the 2023 Royal Rumble event. Despite what I said earlier about a couple of bumps in the road and whatnot, overall, I can't not give this show a thumbs up. I did enjoy the majority of it, sans what I mentioned earlier. And that stuff at the end, if people said oh, it wasn't wrestling or, you know, it really made the show extra long, I get that to a point. I could totally sympathize. Doesn't change the fact it was blooming awesome and well worth seeing. Absolutely. I. I think is a really good start for WWE this year. Hopefully, we're on the road to Mania now, so if they can keep the storytelling going through Elimination Chamber and into Mania, I think we'll have something very special. Um, but yeah, this is again, this is this is the, this is one of the nice things about the Triple H creative regime of things make sense, things happen, and they still make sense. You might not agree with them, but they still make sense to a degree. So it's a plus. It's a big thumbs up. Indeed. So, and like I said, we may touch on sort of, we may do a separate video on kind of like the, the, the best stories in wrestling, in our opinion. It might be a topic for another time, Ian, I think. So yeah. I think that's definitely worth touching on in, in a, with a bit more time on our side. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But from there, where are we now going with these stories? So I'm not sure sort of how in-depth you want to go into this, as it were, and such, no. and, and or what direction you want to take this, but I, I think it's definitely worth touching on to a degree. Yeah, we'll, talk, we'll, we'll have a quick chat about where storylines are going as we come out of Raw Rumble and we start moving towards Elimination Chamber. So, Raw, this past Monday, uh, Cody versus Roman is more than like, has been absolutely confirmed as it's happening at Mania. Will that still be the case come Elimination Chamber? Who knows? Um, because anything can happen at this rate. And that, and I think that's also quite a beauty. You kind of think, yeah, it might be Silton Stone, but there's always that little there's that little voice thinking, but they could change plans. They could. Things could change. But no, um, because one of the things one of the things that was picked up a lot on like uh like from uh, other wrestling YouTubers and 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 sort of commentators in a way was basically the whole thing of of especially at the rumble, particularly with Cody winning the rumble and not sammy per se there was that thing of or oh, cody might get a, a backlash from fans and cody on raw had a promo had a really really good promo and the crowd the crowd are actively chanting for him and they're actually and they're really supportive so i think to a degree i think they're still happy cody is the one going to mania in a main event again like i said things could change but i think they they started a story last april of Cody's coming back, he wants the belt that his family's never won. It's kind of like it is a very safe slam dunk storyline. But the fact is, because Cody's such an excellent promo performer as well as a wrestler, you get captivated in his in his sort of stories, his words, his his, his way of telling a story. Even it's like I watched the the, the post press conference, and you're hearing how he how he's hand, how he handled obviously the injury and all that sort of stuff, and kind of explaining some of the things that he go through or how he was feeling stuff like that. It's like he's a very captivating storyteller, even if he's just telling you like basics of like what he's learned and all that sort of stuff. He's still kind of really captivated. And the promo on Raw was really good because it was like he was talking about how. I think it was during, I think one of the manias where it was Rock Cena that he was really annoyed. And he's like, oh, I came, I came here and I want to be champion in two years. And then he, and he, and he goes through the various different things that he's been through with WWE, like uh, wearing, wearing a face protector and reintroducing the old intercontinental belt, 
becoming Stardust, going off and doing things like All In and, and AEW and stuff like that. And the fact is, he tells the story of, like, if I had to do that all again, I still would because it brought me to this moment. It brought me to this place. And quite frankly, I think that I think the crowd liked that sort of story. It's a, it's a journeyman story. And it's a very strong parallel to Drew McIntyre as well. Absolutely as well. So, yeah, I, I, can, I can see people still kind of pining for the Sammy v. Roman at Mania side of things. I think we're going to get Sammy versus Roman at Elimination Chamber. It's Montreal. It's a no-brainer. It's happening there. I think as much as we all love to see Sammy be the one to dethrone Roman, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but I, I, I'm a lot more... Because when, when they kind of suggested, oh, it might be Sammy and Kevin going for the tag team belts at Mania a couple of months back, and we all kind of went, well, that's a bit of a silly story. We're clearly going towards something else here. I think from a storyline perspective, and I think from I think from a journey perspective, especially for Sammy and Kevin and Jimmy and Jay uh, and other members of the brother, I think the tag team belts are probably the best direction for the Sammy story because it's a, everyone's everyone has been quite quite rightly been really happy to see Zayn get this big spotlight. But I think the thing that sometimes gets lost is the, the little details of the story, like Sammy's friendship with Kevin Owens. They have talked about that friendship through hell and through, pretty much throughout this sort of mini feud between Kevin and Roman, even going back to when Kevin's just kind of flirting with causing Roman trouble and all that sort of stuff. So I kind of think the story comes full circle at Mania with Sammy and Kevin as friends as baby faces on the same page, something we re- I think the only time we saw them was when they were being heels. So that their proper fa- their proper faces, their friendship is reunited in a way, and they dethrone the Usos, or they dethrone a troubled Usos because we don't know what the J factor is right now. Is Jay is Jay going to be able to focus on doing doing a tag team match with with Jimmy after what they've done with Sammy? Maybe Jay comes back, costs Sammy cost Sammy at Elimination Chamber and causes Roman to win. And then we go, oh, no, we have to boo Jay now. Well, so there's, there's a lot. There is a lot here. Um, and I think that's, I think to kind of it down to just be Sammy and Roman, but then you kind of think how all the other members of the bloodline and even Kevin Owens and that have all factored into this storyline over the last several months. Tag team belts do make sense. And I think if they're going to do it, it has to be the main event of night one. If you're going to do Cody Roman night two and Cody finally ends the reign and Cody finally gets that WWE belt, fine. But night one needs to end the bloodline story for Sammy and Kevin against the Usos. That's. I want to say off the top of my head, that would be the first tag team match to headline a WrestleMania since WrestleMania one. Yeah. So, first of all, I agree with everything you said. Part of me thinks that we it, there may be an element where we're just we're not well we're not going to see Owens probably until Elimination Chamber. That's my first probably. guess. Probably, yeah, probably. It wouldn't surprise me if we see, let alone hear from Jay, pretty much at all until around the time of Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. I think it may be just one of those things where it's like maybe Solo may have to help defend the belts or something and fill in for a few weeks and just go, look, yeah. we, we can't get hold of Jay. Like, we, we don't know where he stands. Mm. And they play that up, and then maybe it leads to Jay ultimately deciding, no, Sammy, look, 
I loved you like a brother, but you you did a bad thing there. And he sides with Roman. And then that leads to Owens coming in, rekindling the friendship in Montreal. The crowd will go in, like, it'll, it'll be like an inferno in that building, quite frankly. Yeah. Which they may need, yeah. depending how cold it is there, because it is Canada. But then, like you said, leading to Mania. But I think that should it come to a tag match there, realistically, it's too big to not be in essence a main event match but i will say i fully expect that that ria challenging for the belt would be the main event of one of those nights that's they kind didn't... of how i envision it maybe they originally didn't... but i think i would agree in saying that i think the sammy Zayn dynamic it is at this point too big for it to not be a main event yeah. it would just overshadow something else at this point there might be a way where they can really spice things up on the rear Ripley mm. side of things to where they can maybe balance it again. Or maybe have that have that match halfway through the show or something to where yeah, the, it's time to cool off. Yeah, the thing I was going to point on that was, and I think I, I might be wrong, but I vaguely recall in some how they've worded what the winner of the Royal Rumble gets. They say they get a championship match at WrestleMania. They don't say they're in the main event. Say. It, it used to be main event and then they it used very... to be main event um but obviously but yeah it's Cause, cause like, I forget, ronda, was it what was it literally last year was it ronda and charlotte at mania yeah but then there was talk that was meant to be the main event of night one, one but then it was kevin versus austin, austin no. yeah yeah um so i think that i think they're using the wording very carefully with the rumble so basically I think with I think Cody and Roman is absolutely main event, and that's mm-hmm. simply because actually because they're they're arguably two of the most popular stars in the company. You do it on the biggest stage, the biggest lights, biggest night of the year. You do it. That is ultimately the main event, the the, the closing of WrestleMania. Absolutely, weekend. yeah. yeah. Um, I can still I can still see Charlotte and Rhea being like a semi-main event, maybe night one. Again, maybe night two. Who knows? Um, but, you know, it just... I think the thing is, it's like Rhea and Charlotte's announced from Mania. Rhea picked Charlotte. And I kind of would have preferred to see Rhea versus Bianca, but I like the fact that they are playing into Rhea's defeat, uh, Rhea being defeated by Charlotte at Mania in 2020 and how that affected oh, her. Oh yeah, the lockdown mania, wasn't it? Yeah, because yeah, because she hmm. challenged she challenged Charlotte after she won the Rumble. Charlotte won the NXT Championship for a short bit. But then Rhea, Rhea's stock in the company kind of went down a little bit. And I think I think she's been on you saying that she had a very sort of a, a very low period of her career in WWE after that match. So I think they're doing quite a a good I think it's not what I really would imagine happening, but building that storyline that Rhea is trying to finally get a win over Charlotte in one-in-one competition on the bigger stage, I think is a, is a decent story. And I think you quite easily turn Rhea into the baby face, even though she's with the Judgment Day. And yeah, it'll be like, it'll be a tweener. It'll be like a tweener. It's like, you want to boo her, but you just want to see her kick Charlotte's ass and take that belt. And... I think if that feud does not end with Rhea winning at Mania, I think that's going to be a big, an absolute waste of a Rumble victory. But that's me. That's me. Another but element I, to consider in that story as well is where is Beth going to fit into this? 
because that's clearly not done do they do that at yeah. elimination chamber if Rhea wins does beth challenge Rhea? because we've not had a match between those two yet correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think we've had i think if we get anything we get a mixed tag mm. it'll be Rhea and dom versus beth versus uh, edge or a per six se. man if you have ray in as well maybe yeah, if they if they can't do the singles match, for there's supposed there's supposed to be there's supposed to be a blow off match between Edge and Finn Balor at some point. I think originally they were supposed to do like Hell in a Cell at Royal Rumble, but mm. it didn't materialize. So maybe there may be another match for Edge and Finn coming up at Mania per se. So I think I think Rhea will probably be slightly preoccupied with Beth at Elimination Chamber, but I don't think it's going to do anything to properly derail her onto Mania. I think Rhea is leaving Mania as champion. I, I think it will happen. Uh, I think it should happen. And I will be very annoyed if Charlotte wins, to be perfectly honest. Um, in which in terms of... In ter oh, sorry, I was going to say, to, to move on to the to the, uh, the Raw Women's Championship, I had to think of which title we're talking yes. about. Yes. There is going to be an Elimination Chamber match at the Elimination Chamber event to determine the number one contender who will face Bianca at WrestleMania. Forgive me, yes. I can't remember off the top of my head if people have actually been announced for that. But I some know have are, been announced. I'm just there checking are qualifying now. matches are taking place, though. I'm aware of that. Yes, some people have already been announced. So in the women's elimination chamber match for the for, for the number one contendership for the Raw Women's Championship match, we have Oscar, we have Liv Morgan, we have Nikki Cross, and Raquel Rodriguez versus two wrestlers to be determined in elimination. Uh, so that's going to be the fifth spot's going to be decided in a fatal four-way match between Candice LeRae. Uh, Carmella, uh, Miriam, and Piper Niven. Hmm. So we'll we'll see how that goes. I mean, looking at the field so far in that, I think if it, if it's not going to be Rhea, I think I think Evil Oscar versus Bianca is going to be the going to be the Ag match. Agreed, completely and agreed. I and I think it will be good as well. I I really want to see it. Oh, I really yeah. want to see it. <sighs> it's like uh, you, you can. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no, I was going to say, you could re considering it's Hollywood, you could really play up into like, I want to, this is the thing, when we go to Hollywood, I want to see, I want to see movie parodies. I want to see good movie parodies. If, they've, if they're a billion dollar company and they do half-assed movie parodies again, I'll be annoyed. But it's like, you, you, cannot, you cannot try and indulge yourself a bit in the Hollywood mystique when you're in WrestleMania this year. Uh, so, in terms of uh, number one contender matches, there is also going to be a chamber match to determine the number one contender for the United States Championship. Uh, uh, I just want to correction there. It's actually for the United States Championship. So it's the, the oh, belt. Oh, forgive Will me. Sorry, I thought that was also a yeah. contenders match. Sorry. No, that is a, that is for the belt. Oh, that's cool. So who, who at the moment has been announced for that then? If you have so Austin Fury's, Austin Fury's in there uh, qualifying this week. We have Seth Rick and Rollins. Johnny Gargano and Bronson Reed with hmm. two wrestlers to be determined. They are going to be decided in an upcoming episode of Raw. Angelo Dawkins versus Damian Priest and Elias versus Montez Ford. Street Profits doing solo stuff there. I would be really up for seeing Montez Ford winning. Yes. I think there's just something about him that just really... Just in general, just there is something about him. Like when he just when he inevitably breaks out into singles run. And Angelo Dawkins as well, to be fair, has got could run his could run by himself, absolutely fine. But there's just something about him that really stands out. Yeah, I think this will be. I think this will be a testing ground to see how Montez does as a singles performer. Uh, I, I mean, as much as I think he'd be cool to win it, I can't see him 
winning it from Austin Theory. And, and I think what happened is I think depending on what Austin Theory's WrestleMania plans are, which may or may not involve John Cena, either either Austin will keep the belt and defend against Cena, or he'll lose the belt because of shenanigans. And we'll see what happens there. I mean, that's a good field anyway. Seth Rollins, Strogano, returning Bronson Reed. Again, those those two cage, those two elimination chamber matches sound good. Mm. And then one would assume as well, when it comes to where else we're going, that somewhere in this mix, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar will be factored in. Slash yeah. add or subtract Gunther as needed. Yes. But part of me also wouldn't be surprised if Bobby Lashley ends up winning the US belt. Maybe Brock Lesnar thinks, huh, I want to win the IC belt then. And we get Lesnar v. Gunther just randomly no, on SmackDown. Not title for title again, Jeremy. No one learned. No one learned when he said, I want title or, for title. Or, hang on, hear me out here, hear me out. All right. I want Gunther to be in a title match at WrestleMania. This is what I really want. So, what if we get a match between Lesnar and Gunter, which ultimately results in Lashley costing Lesnar the match. That's the setup for a match at Mania between the two. Could work, but I think they would probably, unless they've got something deal with Brock, I think Brock will only be on Mania. I don't, he'll probably appear at Elimination Chamber, but he won't have a match. I can't imagine it. Mm. If it was for like a championship, you'd see, you'd see Brock involved, like, like WWE or Universal, you'd see Brock involved, but I wouldn't, I can't imagine you'd see. I mean, it'd be nice, but I don't see it happening. I, mean, I was going to say, we don't, we don't see Brock for most of the year anyway, so, you know. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's when, when, he's, when he needs to dust off the cowboy hat and he comes, comes back to the ring, then you know it's time for a rodeo. Um, but yeah, at the moment, we're, we're about over two weeks away from Elimination Chamber. Really? Is that um, it? Yeah. yeah, it's on February 17th, 18th, I believe. Oh, yeah, it's the same day as, like, the New Japan show that's happening and something else that day as well. I think yes, it's 18th of, 18th of February. There we go. And uh, good, sir, I think unless there's anything else we need to note, I think we're about ready to start wrapping up. So are there any other additional thoughts you would like to convey before we begin to close things out? Uh, no, all good. There we go. Well, folks, we're going to wrap up the show then. Thank you very much for watching us. We hope you've enjoyed it. Be on the lookout for more videos in the coming weeks on a variety of topics that would include, but won't be limited to, also AEW discussion, maybe some Japanese wrestling talk here and there as well, because there's a fair amount going on in Japan over the next few weeks. For example, Keiji Muto is retiring. I might try and do some talk about that, because I really want to watch that show, because it's going to be great, quite frankly. We're looking to probably have at least a video or so appearing once a week on the channel so do make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can be notified when a new video drops of course there may be more than one and as we talked about at the top of the show probably gonna be focusing more on on the bite-sized chunk discussions if you will uh, sort of length videos so just to try and keep things a bit more focused and also can allow a bit more freedom and topic discussion as well if you're on twitter make sure you give us a follow at bunkermania uk and of course if you want to email us good sir where can they drop an email to well, they can throw an email over the top rope to contact at bunkermania.com. Just put bunkermania wrestling in your subject line so we know you're here to talk about wrestling. There we go. And I think on that note, then we will close out the show. AEW Dynamite is taking place tonight, which is a loaded lineup. I may try and do some kind of other video just discussing some things on that, that time depending this week, because it's a stacked show, quite frankly. And I think there's gonna be a lot to talk about. So yeah, lot do you know what I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna end with, Ian? It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. 
It is. It's WrestleMania season. It always is. And and Revolution's around the corner as well. All lots of fun. Oh, yeah, that's like early mid-March, isn't it? March 5th, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a busy time. But you know what? It's all good. And we'll be here to talk about it. So, folks, thank you very much for watching. From myself, the giraffe, me, Jeremy Graves. From him, the decadane, Mr. Ian Bolton. You've been watching Bunkermania Wrestling. Until next time, take care.